Hi, welcome to the Health and Pharma Supply Chain Summit. I'm Eric Kulish, Air Cargo and Trade Editor at FreightWaves. Uh, everyone's been focused, uh, as you all know, on the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines. It's been a focus of the entire world trying to stop the pandemic and the economic fallout um, that's, you know, hit the globe. And, you know, we want to find out about some of the uh, logistics uh, implications of all that and how the logistics is being implemented uh, with uh, the distribution of the vaccine. So we've asked uh, Wolfgang Lamacher uh, to join us. He's the former head of supply chain and transport industries at the World Economic Forum. And he's a founding member of the Center of Excellence for Global Emerging Supply Chain Technologies, launched by Reefnot, Kuninagel, and SGI Innovate in Singapore. So uh, welcome to FreightWaves uh, Health and uh, Pharma Supply Chain Summit, Wolfgang. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. So, you know, well, before we get into the COVID vaccine logistics, can you can you briefly describe, I'm kind of intrigued by what your center of excellence uh, for uh, global emerging supply chain technologies does. I'm familiar with Kuhn and Nagel, but not the other parties. Well, ReefNote is uh, in fact an investment fund and uh, uh, supported by Kuhn and Nagel and uh, Temasek. And uh, so this fund is looking into deep tech, into the, the newest, the, the most advanced, but also most promising in the, in the short and midterm uh, technologies that could be about visibility, can be about e-commerce, it can be about fintech, all what uh, is needed to uh, drive uh, supply chains in the 21st century. And uh, the, I'm on the um, think tank of the, of the fund, and there we are discussing the new technologies, uh, guiding uh, the parties, and uh, also publishing papers. Interesting. We'll have to uh, keep on top of that and, and watch what you guys are doing. Sounds fascinating. So um, so getting to the to the vaccine rollout, you're based in Europe. I'm in the U.S. Um, a lot of our audience is U.S.-based. What, um, what can you, what have you seen about any of the differences between how the the vaccines being shipped and distributed and, and put in people's arms in, in Europe versus the United States so far? I think there are not that many differences uh, around the world. Um, we have to put the whole, the whole story into a context, into the context that the world is burdened by a major pandemic that we have in record time uh, produced vaccines, which some people uh, believe could happen. I was more conservative and said that would not happen uh, earlier than maybe mid-2021. Uh, so we had also not that many, uh, that much time to prepare. And the topic is extremely complex because we are talking supply chains which are partially exist and partially don't exist. Um, a supply chain is made of uh, a, a few elements. One is infrastructure. So infrastructure, uh, if we take the cooling requirements of the vaccine, is a challenge. It doesn't exist in the quantities we need it. 
We have processes. Uh, if we look at uh, centralized uh, vaccination uh, hubs and centers, uh, we have to build them. Uh, we have to set up the entire process. And then come the, the IT infrastructure, the software, the platforms. Also there, we, we have not... Uh, uh, what what is needed. So, and then we have the people. And then just think about the thousands, uh, ten thousands, hundred thousands of volunteers that all need to be trained uh, in that uh, new topic and to fulfill the role. And uh, this shows the complexity. And and I'm I'm saying that to illustrate that wherever in the world you are in Singapore or in Paris or in Chicago, you will face the similar challenges uh, to make that supply chain work. Got it. So I wonder if there's any lessons learned or, you know, in the first couple of months of the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine uh, being out there and, and maybe the Chinese and Russian one as well. But, um, you know, the I think a lot of the there were initial fears that there would be uh, distribution and, and physical transportation problems. It seems like, at least so far, and it's very early, that the the the, the parcel shipping and the and the air cargo shipping and and the uh, delivery has been pretty smooth. But then you have problems, you know, either with information technology or just you know getting it to the local sites and into people's arms. And so, you know, I'm just curious. Um, you know, about the information and the tracking of the vaccine down at the pharmacy level, you know, what what kind of problems are there that can be improved on? Eric, you're touching on a, on a number of things. And uh, I would like to start with the biggest uh, lessons, lesson learned. Uh, I think the biggest lesson learned is that we need more coordination and more focus on the distribution. The world, and, and rightly so, was first very much focused on getting the vaccine out and getting it certified. And, uh, but, but I think it was underestimated by a lot of people what it means to distribute it. And as you have uh, said, the, the challenge is not in the transportation uh, part of the story because uh, all the big companies, whether it's the UPSs, the FedExes, the, all, all, all players, uh, the airlines, uh, even the Amazons, if you think about that, uh, they're also big logistics companies. So um, they are used to peaks. They are used to high volumes. We know that from Black Friday, Christmas, uh, single day, etc. So the, the transportation side it's a bit constrained because we have uh, grounded 40% of the air cargo capacity because that sits in the passenger side and the passenger planes. But in general, I, I think uh, the, the pure transportation is not the real challenge. Where it becomes more challenging is in the whole health sector, what I said, in the hospitals, the doctors, the centers, the hubs, all what we need to to build and provide uh, to get, how you called it, the vaccine into people's arms, which means you have to expand the capacity for, for cold chain products. Uh, you have to 
increase the, the volume. You have to bring the people together. And there might be very simple things. If you set up a vaccination center, uh, you need chairs, tables. It's not only about the medical side of it. So, so it's very, very complex. And um, I, I, I think that um, we, we will uh, catch up with the situation, at least in the West. Uh, there are, of course, big differences between the global north and the global south. When we think about Latin America, when we think about Africa, when we think about different climates, heats, uh, very different infrastructure. Uh, but that is not not easy to fix. But uh, that that's what I, I think. I, also on the on the parcel side, we have I, I think uh, put some technology in there. We have put in the data locker, uh, which is an old uh, uh, solid technology. I think we could use more real time tracking, um, but I, I think that will work out uh, itself. Well, I wanted to ask you about that, uh, you know, tracking the vaccine uh, to the pharmacy level, who gets what dose, uh, the remaining shelf life. are Those are all difficult data points to collect. Um, and you advise a company, uh, Roambi, that allows some kind of real-time assessment using uh, cloud analytic, analytics and machine learning so, to recognize bottlenecks and uh, make recommendations to optimize the process. Are, is, are any vaccine companies using that yet? And, and how would this type of technology be helpful? At this point, uh, uh, the, the common technology is the data logger, so which is a device you put as a package which register what happens during the journey, and then you download the data at the other end on the receiving end, and you see whether there were variances. Uh, of course, that that um, ensures that we don't use vaccines uh, which have been uh, exposed to unfavorable conditions. What it doesn't allow is to correct uh, uh, during the journey because we don't know what happens during the journey. It's a black hole. But if you have real-time tracking and conditions become adverse, then you can take measures, and that can save um, the vaccine, and uh, which is urgently needed, as we know, uh, at the receiving end. And uh, that maybe brings me to another point I wanted to make. We have, of course, to work uh, very hard on expanding the capacity to produce enough vaccine. Uh, but that's a, that's a different story. But when we when we take the tracking of the shipments, um, I think that it's also important to point out that the data part of it and the platform part of it is very important. I mentioned before we have uh, multiple parties. So we have the producers, we have the transportation companies, we have hospitals, uh, vaccination centers. Uh, so all that needs to be coordinated. Uh, most countries uh, call the army in. So all that has to to work in a synchronized way. So I'm I'm thinking that uh, we should invest in a kind of ERP system, enterprise resource planning system, uh, one platform for the global vaccine distribution. Whether it's one or two or three, uh, I think. 
that can be used for other purposes and for natural disasters, etc. as well. But that would help to see, to create that transparency, which in fact takes the uncertainties and the fears uh, slightly out of the equation, because we know exactly what, what are the quantities um, which are produced, what is in transit, what sits with the hospitals, what sits in some uh, warehouses of the military, etc. And that that um, transparency would give us a flexibility and a base to take uh, much better decisions. So, so you're so building that type of an ERP system. It it sounds like I mean, isn't that almost too late now? We're already distributing the vaccine, and that probably takes a while. But on the other hand, it seems like you're saying. We can build it now for this purpose, but then we can use it for future pandemics, other uh, health distribution emergencies, natural disasters in the way that, you know, whenever there's a natural disaster, humanitarian organizations probably have, you know, poor visibility into the logistics capabilities. You know, everyone's got silos and and, you know, has access to some transportation or or warehousing but doesn't see the whole picture and so this would be you know in addition to FEMA all the the national emergency uh, agencies around the world they could all you know populate this um, data platform and everyone might have better visibility so it sounds like a very interesting idea is that what you're saying that's what I'm saying and I don't uh, think at all that we are late in the process uh, I believe that we are on a learning journey to deal with COVID-19. Uh, COVID-19 will probably stay with us for a while. It will take at least another two, three, if not four years to have the majority of the global population vaccinated. So I think there is a, enough good reason to build it, uh, to pull some money somewhere, take initiative. There are very experienced parties um, on, uh, on the globe uh, in vaccine distribution, like UNICEF, uh, distributing millions of vaccines every year. Uh, yes, I, I believe that's a good basis. And we need more global coordination because we need then also to ensure that this platform is populated, fed with data that the... Um, the manufacturers open their books, put their data on, and everybody who is involved in that now critical supply chain should be then obliged to, to register so that we have that full picture. So, um, but the, the data side is, um, so you're saying the, the real-time information kind of goes beyond just having sensors in the, in the, shipments or sensors in the, the thermal coolers? It needs uh, something extra to be real-time? The sensors give you real-time information, but uh, it, I think it's a, a question of tapping into all available sources of information, whether it is ERP systems, uh, the manufacturers have those, whether it is warehouse management systems, whether it is transport management systems. Uh, whether it is the systems which are used for hospitals and doctors. So all these information should be pulled together in that platform. And uh, people are doing this. This is not something so revolutionary. And then the sensors are there 
to ensure this end-to-end -end visibility, either retroactive or in real time. And then the combination will give you an enormous amount of data. And there the next challenge starts because we need very powerful analytics. There we talk about AI, machine learning, etc., to make sense out of that data because we don't want to see the entire supply chain. We want to see what matters. Where is a, the, a deviation from the plan? Where are adverse conditions? Where are things just blocked? Where is high demand? Where are people not taking taking the vaccine? We know there is a lot of skepticism in the population about it. And, and some uh, places might have too much, while others have too little stock. Let me ask you this. You mentioned uh, Amazon. It could Amazon, as far as I know, isn't intimately involved, but uh, the way FedEx and UPS and DHL are, but uh, could you see a role for them? I know they've offered the Biden administration to help out if they need it. Uh, clearly, I, I think that uh, Amazon has uh, state-of-the-art warehouse management capabilities, pick and pack, uh, bringing, bringing such an innovative uh, partner into the equation, also in the data piece, uh, uh, it might not be that Amazon develops the platform, but definitely can contribute with the knowledge. Uh, also, making sense out, out of data, I, I think it's, it's very important to get a better understanding about the demand side. So what are the, the, the preferences in, in certain uh, uh, parts of the world? And, and this, this uh, points towards uh, who are... Is, is more openness towards being vaccinated than in other parts, but definitely, uh, and we should not forget that um, Amazon has also operates one of the larger cargo airlines in the world. You know, you mentioned some of the production issues. So moving to the other end of the supply chain, the inbound to the, to the pharmaceutical factories, you know, there, I think some of the, uh, Drug makers have talked about some supply issues and slow production slowdowns to getting doses out. Uh, and some of that might be difficulties in getting certain ingredients and, and components to, to produce the, the drugs. So just wondering what you're seeing on that end or any improvements on the inbound uh, logistics side. Of course, there is another major uh, logistical or supply chain cha challenge, as you uh, pointed out. These are new products with new ingredients. But uh, another example is there are probably only three, four glass manufacturers in the world that can produce what is needed to ensure the, the proper packaging. So we have, have to deal with all those bottlenecks and... Uh, that also explains that it is not as, it cannot be as smooth as uh, people think. We have never in, the, in our history vaccinated the entire world in, in such a short time or need to vaccinate the entire world population in such a, a short period of time. So uh, uh, it's there, uh, the same, the same, uh, um, let's say solutions, which means transparency, uh, global collaboration, where can I find it? Uh, but I think that most of the manufacturers 
are uh, properly equipped. It just uh, takes time sometimes to ramp up uh, production. Right. Are we gonna, are we going to have a protectionist uh, protectionism or a trade war over these vaccines? You know, I know the EU's upset at AstraZeneca for not supplying them quick enough or, um, you know, and some of the countries have trying to get commitments from the drug makers. So well, what kind of political fights are we going to have over a, you know, limited supply? Yeah, I, I see that as well. And um, my view is that we should declare uh, probably the vaccine uh, and the vaccine supply chain as a kind of global common good and give preferences wherever we can and uh, have the most inclusive approach to it. Uh, the reality is it's, uh, it's partially weaponized, politicized. Uh, so we, we should uh, take a distance from that and uh, uh, also understand uh, what the UN also says, uh, we are only safe when we are all safe, right? There is, there is no wall which can hold uh, back and uh, the, the virus or stop the virus. So uh, that's my position. Great. Well, Wolfgang, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining us here at Freightways for the show. Uh, very interesting insights and uh, good luck with your work. And uh, we hope to stay in touch. But uh, we really enjoyed uh, learning a little bit about the uh, COVID vaccine supply chain issues. Thank you for the invitation, Eric. Uh, very good conversation.